Hello and welcome to the Gaffin Alley's podcast. Uh, this is episode two. Um, today I have got a guest, uh, Mina. She's been a PT now for three years, uh, working in fitness as well. Um, so I'm going to let Mina introduce herself and we're going to discuss about fad diets, um, supplements and the well and well-known fat burners. Um, so I'm just going to introduce uh, in, um, Mina to the podcast now. Hello. Hi, Mina. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. It's quite nice sun shining. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Nice weather. I had to close my curtains as well, so the sun wouldn't come through. <laughs> That's no problem. So, give us a little bit of introduction about yourself, uh, a little background, um, and why you got into fitness, uh, really. Yeah. So, my name's Mina. Um, my company's called It's Health. Um, and I've been in the fitness industry for about five, six years now, um, but qualified as a PT three years ago. Um, I kind of got into it. I've always trained some some way. You know, I did like um, boxing or I did a bit of karate, um, but gymnastics. I've always kind of had an active or fitness lifestyle. Um, but I got into the gym when I turned 18. Um, so when I went to uni, that was kind of my first ever involvement with the gym. Um, and I think like most, you know, females, I just really wanted to lose weight, you know, get lean. Um, and obviously I started off like most people do with, you know, completely zero knowledge, like no idea what I was doing. Um, so a lot of fad dieting, following the trends, you know, following no calories, no carbs, you know, ketos and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I, actually after my first year of uni, I did English lang um, and uh, linguistics. Um, and after my first year, I thought, do you know what, I'm actually really interested in this fitness. Um, so I left uni, I left that course and I went on to do sport and physical education. Um, so I completely changed courses, changed universities, everything, you know, kind of just <laughs> flipped um, 180. Um, and then, yeah, I started getting more into the gym. Once I did my um, first year of uni, they offered us the level two um, qualification. So I did the level two fitness instructor. And then from there, I went on to do my level three. Um, and again, I did it mostly for my own knowledge, just because I was interested, you know, because I wanted to know how the body works and how comes we can make all these changes. And from there, I wanted to help people and help girls like myself, you know, who have no idea what they're doing um, and just follow trends, really. That, that's quite interesting into um, quite quite a lot of, of PTs start with wanting to learn themselves uh, yeah. before helping others. Um, and having gone through all the fat diets, the keto, the no carbs and the low carbs and no calories sort of thing. Um, and the sort of things where people be like, you can't go too low carbs because your body will hold on to stuff. And yeah. all this sort of talk, and it's, it's believable. Um, but when you actually look at the, the science side of things, then, yeah, I mean, obviously we'll talk into fasting and stuff a little bit as well. I've got a little discussion about that. Um, so when you started, what were your goals? What were your, what was it more self goals or was it to help others or what was it? Yeah, no, definitely when I started, it was definitely for myself. I didn't really think I would PT. Um, it wasn't really on my list of things that I wanted to do. Um, I obviously, because I learned so much and because of the love that I've, you know, I've grown for the sport, um, it's only the reason that I started to actually want to help people and, um, you know, like I said, help mostly females like myself. Um, but yeah, no, I honestly just got into it for myself, for my own knowledge and everything I did was only for myself. 
um, just like, yeah, like I said, I just wanted to know more and I wanted to know how the body works, why it changes, how it changes. Um, and, you know, I saw, you know, I had I had problems, you know, some things like losing my period and this kind of stuff when I was dieting. I had eating disorders, you know, I went literally for everything. Um, so after having, you know, that kind of background, I just really wanted to learn and just know what's happening with my body and, you know, what's going on. And obviously I realised very soon that fad diets or starving myself or, you know, not eating wasn't working and it wasn't getting the results that I wanted to achieve. Um, but my main goal when I started was just to be really slim, actually. Um, obviously, when I started, this was, you know, six, seven years ago, um, the, the trend was kind of, you know, being really slim. I used to watch shows like 90210, you know, and all the girls on there were, you know, tiny, petite, you know, they had the smallest waist, the smallest legs. Um, and that was kind of what I wanted to achieve. Um, obviously, now my goals have changed 180 degrees again, you know, it's, that's no longer the, the trend. Um, and it's, I learned very quickly, it's not healthy as well. So... So when you mentioned um, that you uh, lost your period and everything as well, so were you working with someone when this happened? Were you looking at, um, do you mean, were you following a certain diet in, in the sense of were you following someone else's instruction or was it off your own back sort of thing? Because I've seen a lot of, um, it, there's more girls now, more than ever, to be honest with you, coming out talking about when they dieted and losing the period and, the increase of testosterone in their body um, was that through uh, another PT? Was it because uh, a lot of female PTs who compete? Sorry, uh, um, uh, a lot of female PT who compete will also ask, tell their clients to do similar sort of things. Yeah. Um, and it's one thing that I've noticed myself is that they want their clients to be like them. So. Mm -hmm because they compete they want their clients to compete which i've got no problem with but the re repercussions sometimes are too much um and we should i think we should talk more about the the bad side of things if you like that i mean losing yeah. the period and obviously the other side effects that you can get from it not just um so what what was it was it for you really? yes so for me, it was competing, actually. Yeah. So um, again, when I was after like two years of training, uh, it was kind of always, you know, when I started training, I always thought, oh, this is, you know, looks really cool. I'd love to compete. Um, and I went in to compete with one of my friends who then actually backed out. So I ended up doing it by myself. Um, I don't want to put blame on anyone because I, there's definitely no one to blame but myself. You know, I'm, I'm, I was an adult and, you know, I kind of made decisions for myself. Um, I did have a PT, but he didn't do any of my diet or any of my nutrition. Okay. Um, he did my so obviously he probably wasn't even aware of what I was eating. And I, I was very good at masking what I ate or what I didn't eat. Right. Um, so at that time, when I lost my period and when I was competing, um, I used to eat about 30 grams of carbs a day. And it wasn't even a keto. It was literally just a really high protein, low fat, low carb diet. So my calories were probably about 1,200 and I did that for about 11 weeks. Um, and I trained like I've never trained before. Honestly, I've never trained that hard <laughs> in my life. Um, I did about two, three sessions a day sometimes. I'd do cardio in the morning and that'd either be like steady state or hit. Um, and that would be probably like 30, 40 minutes before work. Then I'd go to work. I'd also have a step count. And then I would go in in the evening and do... Um, weight sessions as well so probably the calories that I was eating it was what I was burning in the sessions alone 
you know, without all the TDE and all, you know, the calories that you burn naturally over the day. So, yeah, my calories <laughs> low, basically. I was going to say that that's, I mean, that's excessive for majority of people. Um, yeah. Some people do need 1,200 calories, do you know what I mean? And that is mm. through a doctor's advice sort of thing. I mean, I'm not telling people here now to, right, you need to, to come in because some people take it as a literal that, wait a minute, I need to lose weight, I need to go on 1,200 calories. You really don't. Yeah. Um, and I think more people are starting to come to uh, acknowledgement now that, wait a minute, you need food, you need calories, you can eat more than what you think. Yeah. Um, and you don't need to cut carbs out. And um, there was... There's been a, a high discussion on social media over the last couple of days that I've seen a lot of the um, the well-known nutritionists and PTs and stuff getting involved um, about a, a discussion about carbs. Um, and if, if you look at Japan, for example, uh, and the Chinese culture, they <laughs> live off carbs. They live off white rice. And yeah. they're one of the healthiest countries in the world yeah so for people to come out and say that carbs are bad for you and stuff yes it does hold water retention yeah i mean but if you hydrate your body enough it won't hold on to as much um because mm. you've already got water in your muscle glu- uh, collections mm-hmm. so you mentioned a little bit about eating disorders yeah can we touch a little bit on that yeah, yeah sure um, again it was like maybe 13 um just when my little sister was born obviously my parents were a bit preoccupied with that um and it was a great time for me to kind of you know hide things and again you know just get away with things that I wouldn't have gotten away with normally um so yeah it got to a point where I would eat maybe one meal a day and again that was peer pressure um not so much from people but you know just social media or you know tv or tv shows and stuff like that like i said everything you know everyone was skinny and when i look back at pictures now i was actually really slim and i went to be even slimmer um but yeah it was always just the obsession with you know being slim and everything else so i started to develop bulimia um because everything i ate it was just literally coming back up and then there was you know i was like fainting in school getting really weak um and i got sent home from school about three times you know because I just literally had no energy I was you know falling asleep and you know being sent to the office and stuff like that um and yeah like I said everything I ate would just come straight back up um and that wasn't even you know by force it was just my my body just was just rejecting food completely um luckily my parents realized really quickly after you know those times I was sent home what was going on they realized I wasn't eating you know they'd question me I was 13 you know I didn't really know what I was saying um so yeah, so they realised really quickly that I was, um, you know, under eating, and I will never forget they sat me in front of this table full of food, and so they said I can't get up from the table until I finish everything, just because they wanted you know to expand my stomach and just get my body just to food again, um, and it was really horrible. I remember sitting there crying, and you know every every meal that I refused every time, you know I said I'm not going to eat. It was a day without my phone or a day without the laptop or whatever else and as soon as it got to like 28 days I think it was I was like okay I'm just gonna eat now <laughs> because I know who they were and I know they would keep up with it you know and they wouldn't let me use my phone um so yeah so luckily you know I didn't need to like see anyone at that time um and I got back to kind of you know eating normally and then when I was about 18 19 so again like I said, when I started with, with the gym um I started to have kind of the opposite so I went into binge eating so I mean all the, the you know um 
eating disorders are linked anyway. Um, but yeah, I went into binge eating disorder, so I would again starve myself for for ages and then just kind of binge out completely and you know just go crazy. Um, so it was an up and down, and I realized something was wrong, and I was going for other things at that time as well. Um, so I went to see my GP, who then referred me to a psychologist, and I was seeing them once a week. Um, for a while and then again I did like food diaries and um, I read a really good book called binge eating disorder which talks again about all eating disorders um, it really helped me because it made me realize you know I'm not actually learning this because when I tried to you know speak to my mom about it for example you know she never had an eating disorder so she didn't really understand and you know I was 19 she was like you're just kind of making things up you know whatever um, yeah she didn't really understand so she was you know she was supportive of me going to get help from someone that did understand um, and you know talking to someone about it um, and yeah I managed to, to get out of it but I think um, even when it comes to competing eating disorders are something that can stay with you and you know little things can trigger it so I know even now you know if I go for a long time without eating or I'm really hungry um, or I'm really tired it triggers that emotion back obviously now I'm understand it a lot more so I can you know um, help myself and cope with it um, but I definitely think it's one of those things that can stay with you forever. So Obviously, this this was not in our notes now, so this is a bit picking. It's like doing that. Um, so, obviously, you're more aware of it. You, yeah. You understand your body a lot better now. Mm-hmm. What do you think has been one of the main focuses in helping you? Has weight training been uh, helpful, or has it just been more understanding of the body, or is it what is the biggest thing? I think you- it's definitely a combination um training has helped me massively and I know myself even now you know during lockdown I'm it's a massive struggle for me not to be in the gym I love the routine you know waking up in the morning and I always look forward to going to the gym it's the first thing I do in my day you know I have breakfast and I go straight to the gym um so that's definitely a massive routine for me and I think changing my goals as well and changing you know what I find let's say attractive um kind of growing to learn to accept you know um not being slim and, and really thin um, as, you know, kind of the idolised um, body image. Um, I definitely think the people around me have helped, you know, my partner, for example, as well, you know, he's not into, you know, um, really thin, a thin, tiny girl. So I think even having that kind of knowledge that, you know, that's not something he finds attractive helps me as well. Um, so I definitely think it's, it's a variety of things. But personally, for me, it's definitely just been, yeah, just changing my mindset of, A, what I find attractive um, and what's healthy, um, I think that's a massive thing as well because you know, again, see- seeing now people that you know struggle with anorexia or eating disorders like that, I I, I realize you know that's that's not a healthy um, body and it's not a healthy mentality towards food. So yeah, it's been a combination of things. But yeah, like I said, growing to accept that I want to be strong, um, that was massive for me as well. When I started competing, I lost so much strength, um, and I felt horrible in the gym and I felt so weak and I didn't want to go anymore and I lost for a second you know that passion that really helped me to realize you know I actually want to come in here and I want to achieve things I want to get stronger or I want to hit pbs you know I want to do things move forward rather than go backwards so I think that definitely um helped me as well you know to see progress in a positive way and not in a negative way so you mentioned uh, anorexia there Um, Mm -hmm. by no means I am saying that the person is anorexic here but last week um, Kylie Jenner posted a photo yeah. on social media that went absolutely viral. So many girls were going, oh my god, perfect body, perfect body. For me, that is not a healthy body, okay? And I, listen, I might get slated for what I'm, for saying that, but 
that is not a healthy body. Okay. She, obviously, she's got X many millions, X many million followers. She influences her following. Yeah. That is not a healthy. She she might be healthy as in to look at, but inside, I can guarantee you, her diet is not going to be healthy to be. That that do you know what I mean? It's yeah more and listen i'm i'm not a nutritionist or a diet coach or whatever yeah but i don't find that a healthy i mean obviously you can't say what's healthy on the inside what's healthy on the outside sort of thing by looking but you get a generic image and there's two different spectrums to it you've got obese which we will class as unhealthy and yeah. anorexic which we class as unhealthy do you know what i mean and that that extreme i think and people commenting saying that's perfect body and I'm like it's really not I can yeah. guarantee now her diet is terrible she's yeah. not eating much food I mean and if she, if she is it's one of them where social media at the moment is a huge influence in particularly women I think in about body image if yeah. you pass a Ferrari today okay you're gonna go that's a nice car by the time you've gone to the end of the road, you forgot about that car. Yeah. When it comes to social media, you scroll through social media, you'll see someone, um, and they're like, "Oh, that's a, that's a, that, she's she or he's got a good body." You mm-hmm. forget about that for a while. Yeah. And it's having that being able to switch off. Personally, I I know now I will never be the best physique of a PT or anything like that, and I'm okay with that because yeah. it's not about me. It's about my clients getting their results and getting them healthy. Do you know what I mean? For me, I'm happy where I'm at, sort of thing. So, when I see people share, and she had millions of shares on the yeah, yeah. so and I'm like, that's not healthy. And yeah. the captions were like, put in it. It, just, it, it gets me a little bit that people think that's a healthy body image. Yeah. Uh, no, 100%. And I think a lot of, you know, you have to remember that healthy looks different on everybody, 100%. Um, you have to, like you said, not only does she have millions of followers, they've also got you know ridiculous amounts of money so my first question is how natural is her body because personally I would not say that that's a natural body I wouldn't say that's something that she's you know that she was born with or something that you know she's obtained just for training and nutrition alone and I definitely definitely think all the Kardashians um or or Jenna's they've got you know um surgery had done um so yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't think that's a natural physique first of all second of all they have you know qualified nutritionists personal trainers you know of the high top end um that you know kind of let's say guide them or help them achieve that body um and also photoshop is a massive thing as well and you know we we want to think that you know these photos aren't edited and they look so real and whatever else but we have to remember that everybody you know people are so good I know people personally that you know are not you know celebrities or whatever that edit their photos and it looks it looks good you know if I didn't know that they edit the photos I wouldn't have realized um so I'm sure that celebrities who have you know people professionals editing their photos can get away with it very easily um but yeah by no means do I think that's a healthy body um again like I said healthy looks different and everybody if she's happy and you know her blood work and you know everything else is coming back good and she feels good and she feels like you know she has energy and all that kind of stuff that plays into you know part of being healthy fair enough 
Um, but that's definitely not an achievable body for 90% of the females, I would say. Just the way, like I said, their body shape is, you know, and it's all about angles, like I said, editing, surgery. There's so many factors that play into that one single photo. Um, that yeah, it's it's not something that at all we should idolize or think, you know, this is this is what I want to achieve, this is how I want to look. Because she doesn't look like that every single day in every single photo and that's why it's supposed to be we post the best photos of ourselves I post the best photos of me I won't post a photo where I think I look you know too fat or too skinny or whatever else that's how it works you know that's how social media works you post the best photo of yourself I know I 100% agree with you because you know you're not gonna post a photo when let's say you're eating food and you I mean it's on your top or whatever like that (laughs) but and I can guarantee you now um that her her photographers are the best of the best yep. and as yep. you mentioned the nutritionist everything is going to be from the best so all her photos will be from the highest quality um you mentioned yep. the angles as well obviously i'm not too familiar with the angles because i mm-hmm. honestly it sounds really weird but i really not bothered about doing no. getting the right it's but i get i mean she's gonna have a person there going nope left right move back a little bit and yeah um, and until you do this and suck in your you know suck in your tummy there's yeah. just so many that come into play and i think that the 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 generation that we're in right now needs to stop idolizing that um and this moves on to my next point in about mm-hmm. dieting supplements fat burners these celebrity endorsers influencers whatever you want to call them um, yeah the photoshopping happens for them. They yeah. will not eat carbs for a couple of days before the photoshoot to make them look a little bit thinner. Yeah. Um, bear in mind, they when I'm not going to name names, but ketones, for example, okay? This mm-hmm. ketone supplement, um, I've tried myself. I've took a sachet, gone for a run. It's like having a Red Bull before running. Mm-hmm. It did not make me lose... 10 stone in three days whatever stupid that they claimed it does um and one of the influencers who got called out not long ago um posted a video saying this is not a weight loss supplement mm-hmm. and she promotes this but yet again she will also promote a seven day weight loss challenge through this supplement so which one is it <laughs> do you know what i mean and they're, yeah. they're starting to trip up and the amount of pts um that are calling the bullshit out now is brilliant. Um, yeah. I I love doing it. I do I mean I, I get quite a buzz off calling people out and tagging them in it and seeing them block me sooner than anything else. Um, do you know I mean I've, I've had likes of boom bots and stuff block me because I keep t- calling the bullshit. Um, and obviously, it, it it's a strange one in the sense of why are these products now in our local supermarkets? You go mm-hmm. to Holland and Barrett. They have got Boombod. They have got Skinny Tea. They've got these products now all in on the shelf to buy. So if you're 16 or above, you can buy these products. And if you're a 16-year-old looking at social media now, when when we were younger, 10, 11 years ago when I, when I was 16, we yeah. didn't have as much influence on social media. So yeah. for me, when I, when I it was the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo, you had, um, I mean, the, the footballers, the rugby players doing, and that was like, wow, he, he looks good sort of thing. Yeah. But now you've got these 
Z-list celebrities who are, are crying for the last few quid that they've got of their relevance mm-hmm. in in promoting these products, obviously, and influencing these young, young younger generation now coming up. And they can go to Holland and Barrett, they can go to a shop and buy these products thinking that that's why they lose weight, or that's how they're going to look like these celebrities. And yeah. when you've got these, there's lads doing it as well, um, promoting these celeb- uh, the things. If you want to build muscle, you don't want you don't need to be in a deficit. So, <laughs> yeah. So you're, if you're taking these shakes that are 100 calories, 200 calories, but want to gain muscle, you're going complete opposite weight. Yeah. Um, and I don't think the education side of it, what is your opinion, first of all, on fat diets and uh, fat burners? And mm-hmm. We're going to go into supplements after that, but what's your opinion first on fat diets and the, the influences behind them at the moment? Um, I'm definitely not a diet kind of person. I don't believe in a diet culture. And that's because, again, I've tried, you know, so many different diets, you know, the ketos, the low carbs, the high carbs, the, you know, everything else. I've been there and I've done it and I've tried it. And I don't think anything like that is a sustainable lifestyle. And I think for me, again, everything is about health and it's about sustainability. I want to get results, but I want to keep those results. I don't want to yo-yo back and forth. I don't want to lose weight and then gain weight and then regain even more weight. So for me, diets are a no-go. I think meal plans can work, but even with meal plans, I try to be flexible. Um, whenever I have clients, you know, I always say, tell me what foods you enjoy. Tell me what foods you eat on a daily basis because I don't. there's no point in me giving you a meal plan yeah. with a list of foods that you've never eaten in your life or that you don't enjoy eating or that you don't want to eat. So the diet culture for me is like completely stupid um, because, yeah, you can do it for a month, two, three, maybe even a year. But after some some time, you're going to, you know, get fed up, especially with keto. I think it's such a hard di- hard diet to attain to because, you know, naturally you have carbs in, in so many amazing foods that we like to enjoy, you know. And over Christmas, you've got cake and you've got your birthday and all these kind of celebrations come up. And you want to be able to enjoy normal food and not think, oh, I can't have this because I'm on keto. Um, so for me, it's about sustainability and it's about getting results, not like this overnight or over a week or two. It's about doing something consistently and getting the results and really knowing that you've worked hard for it but also that you can keep it so diet culture is not for me um and you mentioned about supplements and um you know fat burners and those kind of things again people influence things it's, it's where the money is so everything where the money is you know it's, it's it is a business at the end of the day so that's what people do they you know they make money off of it um, and anything that you can make money off people will latch on to because that's what we want to do you know we want to influence and most influencers they don't care about you they don't know you as an individual so they're not trying to influence you know health for you because they they don't know you they don't care about you and they don't see the repercussions of what they do on their following um, and on their mental health and even if they are aware of it half the time they just they just do it anyway because it's what gets the money it's what gets them the recognition it's what keeps them you know on on top and keeps them on you know trendy um, and whatever else so I mean, if someone's promoting a product that they've never used, they've never tried, that in itself would be, you know, alarm bells ringing and be like, you know, okay, have you tried this? Have you, do you know actually what this product is doing to your insides? Um, again, I'm more of a naturalist. I like to do things, you know, nat- naturally, natural foods. You know, caffeine is natural enough for me, for, you know, as a stimulant or as a fat burner. Um, so I don't, I don't see the need of, you know, using extra products like, you know, 
ketones or whatever else to give you that extra energy when you can just have coffee like even when I go tr- to train in the gym a lot of my friends take pre-workout and I'm like actually I don't really know what's in that I don't like the jitters I don't like you know the tingly feelings why am I putting my body on that kind of stress when I can just have a coffee and I'll have the same kind of effect you know yeah I, I 100% agree um do you know what there, there's um, a part of pre-workouts that I kind of get Personally, I I don't use it. Yeah. And I mean, I won't have a coffee after twelve o'clock because that will keep me up. I mean, I'll have two coffees a day: one first thing in the morning, one about ten, half ten. And that's me yeah. for the day, sort of thing. And that will keep my energies up. I mean, I'll and drink enough water throughout. And mm-hmm. fat burners. If you look at the ingredients, it's caffeine. It's a caffeine mm-hmm. shot or powder sachet or. So you're you're basically paying like ketones prices are like 120 quid for 10 sachets or something when you can go and have, grab a red bull for or a coffee or do you know what i mean and you will get yeah. the same effect um and they sell it really well okay that that's you whoever's on their marketing team well done because the way they sell it is brilliant and you cannot knock the way they sell it in the fact that you'll feel great they, they hit the points the pain points of what's they need yeah. to sell and they get sorry say it again that's exactly what marketing is you know it's nail on the head you know targeting the people you know you want to have more energy you want to have this you want to have that so that's exactly the point that they target and it's like uh, you need more energy to have weight loss and and do you know what and it, the way they do it and do you know what it's convenient okay so i get i, I think i get about three to five dms a week of people who are on these marketing schemes asking me to join their team to sell yeah. their product to sell their shit doing that that's what it is and when i i i you know what, I'm, I'm a bit of a prick on it okay i lure them in I'm like Ooh, what is yeah. it and i'm like you're falling right into my check in i'm like can you show me the studies behind your product and yeah the number one reply is it's natural ingredients not what i asked can you show yeah. me the studies it's natural ingredients. I'm like, that's not a study. That's telling me your theory. Um, yeah. So it, it's one of them where if if anyone's listening and wants to hit a bad diet at all, please do contact one of us and we will talk to you through um, a normal diet because you need a balanced lifestyle uh, more than anything. Um, yeah. All my clients, I don't really like using the word diet. Uh, I just say it's smarter choices, smarter eating. Yeah. Um, because when you're in that fixed mindset or a diet, you feel like you've got to cut stuff out. And yeah. I I don't cut food out. I mean, if there's yeah. football on a Saturday, I'll have a beer. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it's, I mean it, it, on a, if there's UFC on a Saturday night, I'll grab a pizza or something. I mean, it, it's it's a normal balanced life. 100%. Throughout the week, I'm a bit more, doing more structured with my food. Um, come the weekend, like majority of people, have a bit more um so another topic i want to uh, mention is this um, myth about eating right for your body type so um is you if you're a certain body type you've got to eat correctly which mm-hmm. so when i first started into my nutrition i remember watching a, a high high well-known nutritionist like he is of a high level, going about eating correctly for your body type. 
and he was going through it. And I remember writing notes down and I remember telling people, you need to eat leaner meats if you're uh, endo um, or you need to eat this. And, and I was now I look back and go, wow, what, what an idiot. But he, he still works at a high level and I'm like, I still watch some of his videos and I'm like, talking bullshit there. Mm. Not right. What's your opinion and where do you sit on all this? Um, yeah, definitely body type is that we've again made up. Um, I definitely think genes play a part in, you know, what foods you digest better and what foods you digest um, not so well. Um, however, yeah, definitely I don't agree on, you know, you need to eat a certain certain amount of foods because of your body type. I think your lifestyle definitely depends on, you know, what kind of foods you have, how much food you have, um, how many calories you eat and all that kind of stuff. But unless you have, you know, um, some sort of, um, it's like, um, like health issues underlying health conditions you don't there isn't you know specific foods that you need to have or need to avoid unless you know you're celiac you, you don't need to cut out um gluten you know so yeah you just i think it's it's a myth again it's something that sells it's something you know that people can you know they feel that oh, oh i've got this body type you know it's, it's personalized for me so they feel more attracted to it because they feel like it's you know oh that that's me kind of thing they can relate people love to relate to things you know people like to you know things that are for them um so on that aspect again marketing tool works really well scientifically there's no evidence to back it up i'm doing a master's in you know human nutrition um and yeah we learn about genes and how that influences um your you know nutrition intake but in regards to body type it's not a thing okay so you mentioned genes and this is one thing i was going to come up to in a, a couple of questions but how much does genes affect weight gain weight loss and everything a cat again i think you're more uh you can have more predispositions to certain illnesses you can you know be more um you know likely to get diabetes and things like that but again does it actually influence you being obese that's mostly lifestyle choices you know if you're deciding that you you have really bad genes and you know all oh, my parents were fat so i'm going to be fat you're putting yourself in that mindset um, but everything is achievable and you know unless again you have a certain condition or you know a doctor specifically said to you you know you need to be on a certain meal plan or a certain diet again it there's no evidence to, to show you know that genetically you're you're going to be obese you're, you're not everything you know i know people that have um or females that have um polycystic ovaries and you know oh because i have polycystic ovaries you know i'm 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 fat no i know i know competitors bikini competitors who are lean all year round that have polycystic ovaries it's all about doing your blood work knowing your body and learning you know what works for you but we're all you know calorie deficit is going to work for every single person no doubt but you need to understand again what what feels good for you what feels good for your body you know if if you feel great on keto and you feel like you've got loads of energy which again i know people that that claim that that's how they feel fair enough if it works for you if you feel like it's sustainable if you feel better on it by all means you know i'm, I'm no one to tell you not to do that but if if you know you're you're saying oh i'm gonna feel better and then you feel like absolute crap which is how i felt when i did it why am i trying to pretend that it's good for my body when i can have carbs and have the food that i enjoy and still still feel great and lose weight and and you know or gain muscle and look how i want to look i personally think um environmental so yeah if you're brought up um 
in an environment where you do eat more takeaways and you do eat more um, if you if you eat over your calories let's put it that way because yeah. you eat takeaways but still be in deficit sort of thing so if you're likely to eat, eat a lot if you're a family that eat quite a bit and it could feel genetically if the yeah. if, let's say that a, a family are all obese it could feel all my family are obese genetically my yeah. children are going to be obese sort of thing but i also think that you are in control of your own body so you are allowed to say no i don't want that or doing and one thing i do see quite often is people blaming other people so they'll blame yeah. so let's put <laughs> person a who is trying to lose weight and person b who's yeah. trying to gain weight okay they are a couple Person A will blame person B, and B will blame A. Yeah. And I'm like, you can control yourself. If you want to eat more to gain weight, eat more and gain weight. If you don't want to eat more, put the biscuits back down and just say one's enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that people will look for an easy get out, an easy way out of it. Um, and it, it, and I, I do get um, it's environmental more than genetically. Yeah. Um. Obviously, with living with a family and stuff, but as a children, you haven't really got control of what goes on your plates. Uh, for until a certain age, really, you can mm -hmm. have a little cry and say, "Don't want chicken nuggets. You want turkey dinosaurs, or whatever." But doing, there is an aspect where it comes to then become a choice rather than blaming other people, and I, I, I just think people look for an easy way out um and don't want to take responsibility and accountability for themselves when do you know what over the last few years i've eaten way too much than what i should have it's time to put a change yeah. um and what they'll do is they'll do thousands of hours of cardio they'll cut the carbs out three reasons not to go keto pasta pizza and rice okay <laughs> there is yeah, I'll probably go to another fifty different reasons, but they're the biggest. To me. If you, I'm gonna add cake in there as well. Did again, sorry. I said I'm gonna add cake in there as well. Cake. There we go. Do you know what I mean? And for people to, if you want to go keto, I've not got an issue as long as you keep it to yourself and not have to tell every other person. And right, I'm gonna say something that's gonna probably kick off here. Keto people are the same, are as nearly as bad as vegans. Okay. You know that they're a vegan or a keto before they tell you the yeah. name, okay? And yeah. go for it. I'm, I'm more than happy with people being vegan or keto. Or, I'm more than happy with it. But you don't have to throw it down every person's throat. 100%. Um, and I think that's a trend now coming on in doing I'm an intermittent faster. Doing no one yeah. cares you skip breakfast, well done you. Yeah. Doing it, it's becoming... And, I think we're going to see more trends come along and people labeling themselves. They're like, yeah. oh, I'm in a cool gang. I'm, a, I'm an intermittent faster. You just skip breakfast, but you know what I mean? You had a can of Coke earlier, so yeah. you're not really fast anymore, mate. <laughs> and you get, you get these people posting, and I see it on their social media, posting 25 hours, 35 hours, 40 hours. And I'm like, why have you gone two days with no meals? But then yeah. on their story, they'll post um, a fizzy drink. No, like, so you, first of all, you broke your yeah. Second yeah. of all, I mean, you just skip meals to try and restrict your calorie windows. That's all you're doing. Doing it's not like 
anything special and this leads on to my next point of creatine um it's the one of two supplements that i will re recommend my clients if needed mm -hmm. um, obviously the the great amounts of studies behind it um, the benefits that it has um, I would the only two I would recommend is creatine or protein if needed if, yeah. the, if their goal is weight loss very rarely I would tell them to supplement protein unless they can't really really struggle with the protein because yeah. obviously if you add protein you're adding calories yeah of course um, so I do tend to tell them listen if you can't physically fit protein in Mm -hmm. We will add a protein shake, in, and yeah. not use it as a meal replacement because I don't yeah. agree with that either. So, what's your views on creatine? Creatine, I haven't really personally used myself. The little research that I have done on it, um, I I have seen, and again looking at loads of you know studies and stuff, it's one of the most effective. Um, However, I do think there's a lot of water retention as well when it comes to creatine. Um, so for muscle muscle um, gain, I think it's, it's one of the one of the good ones. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say I've really done a lot of research about creatine. I'm not really a supplement kind of person in the, in the first place. And um, the only thing, again, like you said, if I do supplement is protein shakes. And that's literally if I can't hit my protein goals. Um, but yeah, from what I know, it's one one of the very few um, supplements that people do use that people um, you know recommend, um, and I see a lot of you know natural bodybuilders, um, which is kind of you know my field of of people using it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So for anyone who has thought of using creatine, um, so when I started, it was like I was really into studies and going into different studies, and I was like, what is creatine? And a few of the points that I remember reading about, and bear in mind, in a year's time, two years' time, this could be completely wrong. And I, that's why I actually love this field as well, is that someone could come up to me in a couple of years ago, that podcast you did, you're wrong in it. And I'm like, you know what, I'd love to learn. Why am I wrong? Um, but it decreases the buildup of lactic, lactic acid. Um, yeah. Also improves uh, brain function. Uh, helps with energy. Um and there is um, water retention, but from the studies, uh, apparently it's minute to how much people think it is. Um, mm -hmm. but once again, that could be wrong too. I think I read six, seven months ago, so that by now could be wrong. Um, yeah. And it, 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 they use it for weight loss on, everyone can use it, um, and it's quite affordable um, as a supplement, but always check if, if you haven't got a pt or anything always check with a pt if you should use it before yeah. everyone starts buying creatine and yeah or of a health professional yeah um wait for me to have some shares in creatine first before i start um, telling everyone to buy it um <laughs> I'll, I'll be hitting out 10 percent discount code soon so don't worry <laughs> <laughs> um that sat on a beach in dubai with 10 percent discount codes so for upcoming pts who thinking doing i want to be a pt what's one thing you failed at that other upcoming pts shouldn't kick themselves for this is a very good question actually um and i think 
maybe not so much something that I failed at, but something that um, can be quite off-putting is getting clients at the very beginning. Um, I think that can, you know, really maybe hit your ego or, you know, um, make you feel like, oh, I'm, maybe I'm not good enough or whatever. I definitely would say before UPT, have experience and don't just you know I mean not many people do just become a PT out of nowhere but there are people that do you know they're like oh I'm gonna get you know quick easy money and by PTing so I definitely think you need to really have a passion and you really need to know what you're talking about before you decide you know you're gonna train other people because people will ask you questions and if you don't know the answer you're gonna look a bit silly um first of all um and second of all yeah just don't let you know not having clients or you know not making thousands uh, and thousands um every week put you down um i think start off gradually and do it because you want to help people and because you love the sport rather than you know because you want to make quick money because that's not what this is about and and that will show really quickly if you're not passionate about um you know sport or fitness or training or health that will show very quickly um and i think those are the people that fail um and yeah like I said I didn't PT for a while when I got my qualifications just because I didn't feel like I had enough knowledge um I didn't feel like I had enough experience and like I said I did it for myself before anything else um and once I felt comfortable and I felt like you know do you know what I know what I'm doing I can see results on myself um and I feel like I could help other people and people started reaching out to me and asking me for help that's when I thought you know what I I do have the passion and the love for this and I can help other people um so yeah I think doing it for the right reasons and not kicking yourself in the foot you know just because you haven't got 100 clients straight away because it, it will take time for people to trust you it will take time for you to develop um, a good client base a good portfolio um you know have you know even like before and after images you know that's something that i personally look at when i you look at you know coaches or pts um what are their before and afters looking like you know what are their clients achieving what are they achieving with themselves um and another thing i would say as well is um how you look doesn't always influence if people will work with you or not and I think again as a PT when I first started I thought oh no one's going to want to work with me because you know I don't have a six pack and you know whatever else um but that's not everyone's goal not everybody wants to have a six pack especially for females you know a lot of them don't want to have a six pack they want to have a flat tummy but not you know defined abs um so again you know don't let your own image kind of put you down or make you feel like you're not good enough or like people aren't going to go for you just be yourself be authentic and people people that like you people that are your friends or you know people that will vibe on the same energy as you they'll they'll come for you naturally um and I you know I don't really do a lot of marketing for my PT um people just message me because you know they just like me as a person or you know they, they see the results that I've achieved for myself or for my clients and they're like do you know what this is someone I could work with um so yeah th those are the two things I would say I also think um, if you understand that it's a game of numbers, so you might, uh, for when I started, um, I was messaging and talking and opening conversations with so many people, mm -hmm. the amount of rejections, the no replies and stuff as well, and you've just got to yeah. accept it, but don't put your self-worth down, don't, don't discount and yourself, don't think, right, I need to drop my price for that person to come on board, don't do that, yeah. keep, keep your keep to your own guns understand it's a game of numbers it might take 20 conversations to have one client well if it's so you know now you need 100 conversations to have five clients i mean yeah if you keep that mentality and saying right i just need to keep going um and also um as you mentioned be yourself i think that's more important than anything because yeah everyone's trying to be someone else at the moment 
you, you yeah. go on if you go on Instagram, you will see a a lot of PTs are trying to be like the other PT. But how yeah. how do you separate from how do you separate your posts from everyone else? Is that's also saying the same thing because we all know it's a calorie deficit. If you want to lose weight, yeah. we all know if you want to gain weight, you need to be over your calories, you need to be in the surplus. So having that authenticity um, will really break you break the mold for you really um, and I think that's very important in this current generation of everyone wanting to be a PT because it's quick money it's easy money yeah it's people think that because you only do one hour session a day or two hour sessions or what I mean if you've only got three clients you're doing three hours out of 24 it's really not it's really yeah. not, you know what I mean it, it still is a 50 60 hour week if you've got three clients yeah you've got to go through your marketing you've got to through making sure they're okay you've got to go through it i mean there's so many many things that build up i mean your social media your phone conversations your consultations your ma- it does yeah. say marketing and stuff. writing out training plans everything everything adds up yeah. it's not just like, and then that's it you know it's really not and if you think of being a pt if you want to be a pt because it's less hours um, you're going to be really in for a surprise. Um, yeah. So, going on that, what's been your biggest challenge um, in your role so far, sort of thing, and how have you overcame that challenge? I, th- I think touching back on actually what you said about you know, um, you will have hundred conversations b- before you know you get a client. I, I definitely seen that, especially when I first started out, um, and you know when I started to do just a little bit of promotion, or you know even recently I dropped a, a challenge. And I had, you know, so many people reach out to me. But as soon as, you know, they find out that, you know, it's not for free and it, I can't do it for free for, only because it's so much work and um, that people don't realise, you know, like I'm offering people meal plans. I'm offering free sessions a week. Um, so two group sessions and one one to one session. So if I've taken five girls, that's five one hour sessions that I have to do, plus the live sessions. Yeah. Um group sessions plus five meal plans you know that's a lot of work and I think people don't realize how much like you said how much work goes into it um so it can be quite discouraging again when you know you, you're posting something and you're working hard on you know helping people um and the price I gave for that challenge was you know it was ridiculously low actually um but it was because I wanted to really give a helping hand and I don't do this for the money you know I have um another income so I do this purely literally because I love it um and the little money that it makes you know it's it's not it's not about that at all for me um I really want to help people and you know I'm genuinely passionate about it but it can be you know it can feel like a punch in the face when when you know you get so many messages but then actually oh like oh you know I have x y and z or actually I can't commit or this or this or this um so it can be discouraging but the way I've overcome it is, you know, I see um, uh, my partner said this to me actually the other day. He said, you know, as long as you get one client from a promotion, that's a win. Um, and I 100%, you know, I couldn't agree more because, you know, at the end of the day, just getting one person on board and changing one person's life and helping that one person, that's enough for me. Because like I said, it's not about the money for me. Um, it's literally about helping people. And if I can influence or help or change the life of one person, then I've won. You know, I've done what I've set out to do. Um so I think remembering that and and yeah, not focusing on you know numbers and things like that. You know, I'm exactly the same, and I I did set a challenge this year of helping 100 people. That yeah. Was my challenge, um, obviously with gyms being shut, it's a little bit more difficult at the moment. Yeah. Having to do online and 
it's a little bit different, but I if as I say if I can help one person this year, I'm happy. Yeah. Because I know when they if they choose to stop being my clients, they I've given them all the tools they need to understand everything to carry on. 100%. And that weight will fluctuate. How to get it back down? How to maintain that weight? How to eat mm. well? Do you know I mean I'm not saying eat good food, eat bad food, because there is no eat good, good and bad food. And that's another thing that really annoys me is when people will label demonize, food. demonize and label food as good, bad, healthy, unhealthy. It, there's no, there's more um, micronutrients in some food and less in others. But yeah. I mean, and other food are calorie dense and low calories, yeah. but there's no good, bad. And um, I'm going to go into a couple of questions that um, was asked. Yeah. So, how do you continue to learn in order to stay on top of things within your role? Well, I'm lucky enough to be doing a master's, so I definitely learn a lot through that. Um, but it is, you know, Google Scholar is open for everybody, and there are so many endless research papers that come out that you can either buy or you can get for free. Um, and I'm definitely all up for, you know, self development and self growth, and not even for clients, but for myself. Um, you know, new studies, you said this before, new studies are coming out every single day about everything, um, be it protein, be it creatine, be it, you know, supplements, fat burners, everything. There's so much information out there. If you really want to learn, Google is literally, there's everything is on there um, and you can get most of the information for free. So definitely doing courses. Um, even before I did my master's, I did a nutrition course, which I literally found on Woucher for about £15. Um, you know, it, it was a shame not to buy it. And even if it did, you know, it wasn't the most um, in-depth course, just the basics for someone that doesn't really know much, £15 is, you know, definitely worth spending and learning a little bit more. But again, everything is for free. You can, you know, there's, there's so much information out there, so many studies. And, you know, this is like factual, scientific, um, evidence-based stuff, not, you know, someone's random, you know, opinion um but even that you know there's loads of uh, youtube videos as well loads of people you know that do talks and that do podcasts um some people are more educated than others but you know if you if you do enough research you will know what's right and what's wrong um what what's the truth and i think trial and error is another big thing you know if you try things on yourself again you can learn so much from that you know because that's the best way to learn um to try it out yourself know what impact it's having on your mood or on your you know sleep or everything else um yeah so what are your current goals and what are your goals for the next five years so what are your current goals and what are your goals for five for five years time sort of thing sorry well my goal was actually to compete um this year if that's going to happen i don't know i wanted to compete in um powerlifting so actually go slightly in a different direction yeah. um at the moment, I'm just training, you know, I can only train two, three times a week when it comes to like um, powerlifting kind of lifts um, because I don't have the facilities myself at home. Um, if that's going to happen, we'll see. Um, I'm not, you know, I think I've grown not to be um, too attached to things these days. So, you know, I, I would like to compete, but if I'm not at a level where I feel like, you know, confident or comfortable doing it, then I'll just, I'll just wait. Um, in regards to five years, um, I do definitely see myself on a bodybuilding stage um, again. Uh, I think I'd definitely change categories this time. Um, I'd, I'd like to go into wellness just because I feel like you can look a bit healthier, you can look a bit fuller, um, and, you know, it's not that strict um, diet down culture. And, again, I compete because because I enjoy it and because it's fun and it's, it's just the goal to hit. 
rather than you know because I really want to lose weight or be you know be slim and, and hence why I want to change categories from bikini to wellness um again I'm not set on it we'll, we'll just see how it goes um I just I really just enjoy training and my goal is to always be healthier be stronger and, and be fitter and that's that's my main focus so um what the biggest area you're curious about in your role at the moment so obviously as a PT what what areas are you curious about what do you mean yeah I think nutrition is is always been my favorite area even when I did my undergrad even though I did sport and physical education um I chose a nutrition module and then I did my dissertation on nutrition and again it was um diets in bodybuilding and how they affect weight loss um, and body fat loss in particular rather than just weight um so yeah nutrition I think is a, a topic you can go on forever and ever and again research is constantly coming out and there's so much information out there to, to learn um and, and explore so definitely that's my like kind of main focus nutrition health um being healthy inside and outside so this is not a question that's been asked by the way so if someone is listening and obviously you've uh, you touched on eating disorders uh, weight loss if someone has uh, suffers with eating disorder but yeah. their goal is the weight loss okay what what message would you give to them how would you help them um would you tell them focus more on the weight training focus on the nutrition some people don't like to count the calories yeah how 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 would you go about what would be your i would definitely sort of thing focus on your mindset first i think understand why you want to lose weight um and how is that gonna how do you think is going to make you feel because i think a lot of people have a certain number in mind and they think you know as soon as i reach x and y i will feel great you won't um unfortunately that's the sad truth um your happiness is not based on um, a value on this scale and again when you get there you you learn that that's not how we define happiness happiness is internal um so you need to come to love yourself as you are um and then you will love yourself in any other form if you're leaner if you're uh, you know a little bit more full everything is about finding a balance um but before focusing on weight loss focus on your mental health focus on you know getting yourself to a place because I think if you're in a you know struggling with an eating disorder you're not in a good place really and truly because your relationship with food is way off so trying to focus on weight loss when your relationship with food is bad you're just going to go deeper into that weight loss um and deeper into that um mental mental kind of um issue that that's there so focus on your mental health um, if you need to, if it's really bad, if it's getting really out of hand, see someone, um, someone that can understand, that can help you. Um, yeah, just don't focus too much on the food side of things because I found when I stopped actually focusing on weight loss is when I lost the most weight because I stopped putting so much pressure on myself to focus on something. Um, and instead I just enjoyed the food, I enjoyed my training and the results, they just came, honestly, it was just like that it just happened for me and it was it was honestly it was incredible no that that i mean i can't really uh, add much onto that um but is there any myths or any yeah any myths that you and that annoy you great you sort of thing in supplements weight loss fat loss nutrition that really really annoy you what's the big like what's the one myth that really annoys you 
I think I did this um podcast actually last two weeks ago um there's yeah there's a lot of them um definitely that you have to do fasted cardio is one of them that's not true cardio is cardio regardless if you're in a calorie deficit if it's before or after you eat makes no difference um and again there's no really scientific research to back that up um that you know fasted cardio is better over other cardio if you want to have breakfast before you do cardio have breakfast like <laughs> it makes no difference um and prefer not to then then fair enough um so that's definitely one that annoys me because I think that's really sad if you know you're forcing yourself I remember being that person forcing myself out of bed you know when it was still dark outside just so I could do fasted cardio because it's better and again that was I was in a worse shape then than I am now having done no cardio so in fact cardio in general like yeah it's good for your you know cardiovascular health but if you really hate doing cardio and if you really hate running just don't bloody do it like you know No, I definitely agree, and I, I, I um, say the same to my clients. They say, "Oh, d- um, I hate running." I'm like, "Don't run then." Yeah, don't run. do it. But Force I, yourself. Or I hate, I hate hit. Don't do hit then. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. And I would never force any of my clients to do hit or force them to go for a fifty k run or something stupid. Doing, and yeah, I think that people need to understand in. Also, the the one that really grates me is that people will focus on calories burnt mm-hmm. on their watch. So they'll be like, they'll do they'll go for a run until they see five hundred calories burnt. Yeah. Come back and then they'll overeat. Then they'll eat seven, eight, nine hundred calories because they think they've they're only in a net of four hundred calories. Then but yeah, the watch might be completely out. A, a lot of watches are quite close, but they're not accurate. They might be overeating by six, seven the calories without them actually realizing. Um, and that that is one that really annoys me is when people be like, "Oh, I've I've burnt nine in the calories doing a workout." I'm like, not you might be over, you might be like, um, yeah. So I think we we um had a look at there. Um, but yeah, that's why I always say trial and error because yeah. you need to you know watch might tell you you're burning 2000 calories um but if you're eating 2000 calories and you're putting on weight then your watch is wrong you know your watch is off um and and that happens you know technology is you know it's not the most advanced thing just yet um and you know you've got a hurry monitor on your wrist so you know that in itself should tell you something um so yeah just try and error man if if, mm. if you're not losing if you're not losing weight on 2000 calories cut your calories by another 200 let's say and see how you're, you're doing then you know yeah no you know what yeah that's great and just want to say thank you very much for coming on um yeah so how can people find you obviously you've got a podcast of your own yeah um plug away so i'm on youtube i'm on spotify um it's it's health so i t um apostrophe s health um so it's my initials um amenity um you can find me on youtube and on spotify um and you can find me on instagram as well it's i-r-m-i-n-a underscore t yeah and what i'll do i'll add all the handles onto the show notes as well um yeah but no it's been it's been a pleasure having you on um thank you very much for coming on um, yeah, and, thank I, you. and i hope that people will take away because obviously there's a few topics there what, that we hadn't discussed that we were going to discuss um, yeah that Caught, caught me a little bit off guard as well um, yeah no it, it's been great to have you on and obviously in the future we'll probably um do another podcast um discussing all sorts of things yeah definitely um, thank you so much it's been a pleasure no no problem at all
Um, right, so yeah, thank you very much. Thanks. So there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Um, episode number two is done. Once again, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing you all for the next episode. Don't forget, if you are on Apple, um, give that five-star review um, and get me up get, get me up them charts. Um, yeah, once again, thank you very much for tuning in. Hope to see you all soon.